going to give Brother DeWolf time to just start everything, because we have like a six-ring circus going on up there. So there we go. Apostolic doctrine. We're, this month, you will, thank you, Brother Wayne. This month, the whole Christian discipleship class is on core values. Hopefully, at our business meeting, you got that nifty bookmark, and you read through it, getting a few blank stares. Sister Sonia, would you go in that, in the holder back there, and bring one of those beautiful bookmarks up to No, right here. Right here. Nope, on the wall. Yes, ma'am. Brother Richard, he's got him. Yes, ma'am. Please. Yes, ma'am. And I'll take one and one out to everybody who is acting like they never saw it in their life. So on the front of on the front, maybe you didn't. Maybe you skipped the business meeting, and we'll get into that later because I might not ever have another chance to teach you. So if you skipped the business meeting, shame on you. Shame on you. Can I say it again? Shame on you. Unless you were sick and on your deathbed or you were or else and you could be here for some really good reason, shame on you. If, if you're not a and you should be a voting member. And the only way to be a voting member is to know what's going on in your church. This is what the of the year when we work. And pastor stands up here and your church boards for this. And we tell you what's going on. And it was this meeting that pastor told you what the mission, the vision of the church is. And then on the back are core values. Apostolic identity, apostolic ministry, apostolic unity, apostolic worship. And then what our goals are. To be committed to those were defined. Committed to the work those were committed to discipling. So those are our goals. Without a you're going to perish. If you're not at the functions, if you're not at the meeting, okay, if you're not at the meeting in January, how do you know what the function should be for the year? And if you're not at the function, it's like the cycle down effect. You know, you start off with the one little flake of snow and then you build a snowball rolls down the hill and pretty soon you can build a snowman. But if you don't snowflake to be at it, and how do you get the snow? And how do you get the snow man? Just all extra that one. So that's what you're going to be talking about this month. We get back next week. You'll have a calmer, less baby. About doctrine, because without doctrine, what do you have? Nothing. You have a bunch of. Don't build your house on the sand, man. Remember that song? Don't build your house on the sand, man. No, y'all should have gone to the same Sunday school class that I taught when my daughter was little. Because if you're not building your house on the rock, you're not on a firm. Without doctrine, you have nothing. I thank God regularly for the pastors that I had in, in my first five years. Say that a child's personality is formed in the first three years. In the first three years. And that then their whole demeanor would accept next by five. Time you send them off, you can have them indoctrinated. So, Think about that spiritually. What you do for yourself the first three years determines where you're going to be 20 years from now. God, for the teachings that I got years in Germany. I thank God for what was put into me for the foundation. So, doctrine, the fun piece of a person that's on your white piece of the green sheet, some notes, one of them is white, the green piece I'm going to talk about today. I'm not going to just by reading that whole thing to you. Fundamental belief for the guiding Take behavior. It doesn't matter if you are talking about church doctrine, military doctrine, McDonald's, your home, whatever, doctrine. And it's a guiding principle that dictates the behavior of the And it's an unwavering guide. 
or guide because it's going to come up again later. I use share or tell of the organization. But the best way to tell values is to watch the people. Tell with the core values. If you look, that tells me. When I walk into Wall tell what my church, what my church's core values are. Because they can tell it. Not going to sit down. She is not going to sit down for Bible study with me over the rest. The only way she core values of Calvary Apostolic Church is by looking at and by everything I do, say, and look at the core values of this church. People will say, yes, it it or you look like a slob, that means that your God is a slob. You act rude, that means your God is. Now the opposite is thankfully true. Okay, so let's get on doctrine. What is doctrine? Just some questions here. What is it? Why have it? I don't know. I've got a lot of here. What is it? The collegiate, the American Collegiate um, College Dictionary defines it as a particular principle taught or advocated, a body or system of teachings relating to a particular subject, dogma, precept. In the broadest sense, doctrine could be teaching or belief. As I said, this habits, families have it, but theirs just aren't written down, probably. I don't think you sit down and write down the script of your doctrine. But in a biblical sense, what is it? The word doctrine appears 50 times in the Bible. So that tells me at least that it must be a 50 the word appears. What is biblical and what is the purpose for it? From an Old Testament to the New Testament, from the very beginning, a purpose, reason, pattern. In the Old Testament, it was oftentimes referred to as a pattern. Again, remember that word guide. Exodus 25.9, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. The Old Testament was the schoolmaster that pointed us to Christ. So this was the schoolmaster was pointing us to, the, to Christ to the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Serve unto the example and shadow of things. As Moses was admonished, where was he admonished? When he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou makest all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. In order to answer the question of what is biblical doctrine, we have to establish and settle what are the teachings based on. What is truth? In order to know what the doctrine is based on, we have to answer the question, what is truth? Now, I know that the taboo in life is to use a word to define a word. There's nothing to find truth from. You have to use truth to define truth in this case. So I had to go to the Bible. The Bible is the only absolute truth. It's kind of like Jesus, God could swear by no other because he is the only one. He had to swear by himself. I mean, there's nothing greater than he to swear by himself, you know, so life as we know it. So, doctrine. All, or what is truth? All scripture. Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction. So the word is truth. It's the only truth. It's the only absolute doctrine. Apostolic doctrine has to be based on It's not based on man-made It's not based on when my church says, I don't care what your church says. I don't care what your church doctrine is if it doesn't line up. If you can't to and accept here, it means the word and his word alone. Oh, because we're a New Testament church, 
our doctrine. We no longer bring bulls. We no longer bring lambs. I didn't see any of us walking in with our cages full of doves this morning. So we didn't go for the tabernacle pattern, right? I found this interesting. In the Old Testament, was used 13 times. Now, I did not do a search with the exact same words. King James Version of pattern. 13 times. In the Old Testament, it was 10 times. In the New Testament, it was Then doctrine was used 50 times. In the it was 6 times. It was 44 times. So that tells Pam, just Pam, search it on your own. I need to be apostolic teachings, the doctrine. I need to sink my teeth into the apostolic doctrine. I'm not after the pattern that was pointing me to the lambs and the doves and the apostolic. I already have. So I just found that interesting. I'm, I'm not a big wordsmith, but I found that interesting. And they continued. So what is apostolic doctrine? Acts 2.42 tells us that they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles and fellowship and in breaking of bread. And in. they here, they, they, refers to those born again on the day of Pentecost. We are part of the they. The New Testament, we have to be continuing the doctrine. Our doctrine has to be the apostles taught. Exactly. Every church was established. Brother Terry, where did it get us? 38. And churches, let me rephrase my question. Where were the churches? New Testament churches. The answer. It started on the day of Pentecost. And then where were the churches established? Don't complicate it. Terry said it once. So if we want to know what our doctrine is, Rome, the book of Romans, you can't go to the book of Corinthians. You can go there to substantiate it and get validation and say, well, here. Of those churches, the church in Rome, the church, the church, all of those churches, or the people being written to, tight, all of those people, back in Acts. It was the Acts of We have to go to the book of Acts to find our apostolic doctrine. Acts, their actions. So that's what In a nutshell, the apostolic doctrine of things which were taught by Jesus to his disciples. Where did he teach them? Where did he teach them? Don't come to conversation here, folks. Where did Jesus teach his apostles? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You want to see what he taught them? And John. I can't go to Revelation to find out what he taught them. I can't go back to Exodus to find out what he taught his disciples. Oh, I gave away the answers. Were they? Jesus had disciples. He had apostles. They became apostles after he ascended. Then they became apostles. You don't find apostles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You find disciples. He was discipling them. Then he sent his spirit, and then they became apostles, and they acted upon what he taught them. Well, I'll hold that. Hold on to that. Okay? So, Jesus told them, this is one of the hugest controversies in the whole world of Christians. All of Christians. Jesus told his disciples, 28, 19-20, told his disciples, Go ye therefore, which all baptism of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and all whatsoever I have come you. You. Thank you. And look with you, Always, even until the end of the world. 
Brother Richard, would you please turn to Acts 2. Scripture. But I want us to slow down a minute. And I know that we have regurgitated this over and over and over and we have nothing. Because this, this continued. Now these are the people and they repented of it. Well, they said, now what should we do? This is what Peter told them to do. Now I know that this has been said over and over to some of us, all of us, maybe don't know. But look at there. Baptizing them in the names of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus or the people the New King or the King James because three names there. That's three names. The name and the Holy Ghost is the name. It's I know, I know. I know. They knew that it was, but Jesus knew. Jesus was one name. Because he says here, he says here, he doesn't say the name. the fact that it's titles. I don't Jesus pointed out clearly the name. Healer. It's one name them. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. Period. End of sentence. Leave it alone. Don't argue. Don't debate. Apostolic with Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have. Hello, I am with you always. Till the end of the earth. World. Amen. Then, Peter picked it up. Peter was given the keys. Peter knew. Why was Peter given the, king, the keys? He knew who Jesus was. Peter picked it up. They had killed. They realized what they'd done. I'm paraphrasing the story here, but come on. They said, oh, man, Peter, what should we do? How do we get this removed from our charge? Whoa. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name. The same words, in the name. Apostolic. It was done in Acts 2. Biblical doctrine. You have to remember that biblical doctrine is oftentimes a guide. Yes, sir. Right. Luke 4.47, let's read it. And that, this is Jesus, and that repentance and remission of sins should be is the name among all nations. So again, you have to take the doctrine, the principle, and combine it all together. So that's one nugget, our biblical doctrine, the pattern. It is often a guide rather than a hard, fast rule. Be holy, for I am holy. Come out from among them and be separate. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loves the church, women, submit yourselves to your own husbands. We have to define what those guiding principles mean. But the danger is that no scripture is of any private interpretation. 
Second Peter 1.20. So no individual, no denomination, no, indiv- no group has the privilege to do that. It has to be like precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Together and see what the word says. And if the word doesn't back up what you think, you are wrong and the word is right. Okay, doctrine. Why have it? Acts 2 and verse 40. And with, um, okay. With many other words did he testify, saying, exhort yourselves. And exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untowards generation. Apostolic, quite simply, without it we can't be saved. Remember, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28 to observe all things. So, again, I'm really sure we've been given the keys, got it right. I don't think that he made a mistake. I'm sure that he had it right. So the why of having apostolic doctrine is without it we can't be saved. It can make you wise to salvation. It can help you understand what is required in your life. There's that you will come across in the Bible. Now you have to be wise and guided by the Spirit. Does it tell you that not fill in the blank? Get in there. You'll find it. It can help you defeat the enemy of your soul. Now, the reason that it says can, it can help you and help you on it to. You have to apply it. Powerful doctrine we have. Doctrine. What does it What is the it? It saves us. I mean, after it saves us. Initially, it saves us. Acts 2, 37 to 39. Now, when they heard this, again, they were pricked in their hearts. We already read this. Repent and be baptized in the name, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins, and you shall receive the unto you, to your children and all that are far off, even as many of the, as the Lord our God shall call. Some people seem to think nowadays, oh, I believe, but I don't need a church. I believe what I should do. I follow all those rules. That's okay. Not others. That's a dangerous place to be. Doctrine defines us. Someone's alive. She needs to get it. This is important. Emergencies. It defines us. It tells us who we are. It tells us who we are. What the church is is what we're perceived to be. Like I already said, I walk in some, I stand. People know I'm different. And I thank God for that. Change. Other people change. I'm shocked at the change, but I'm not changing. I want to be like Jesus, the same yesterday. I, it tells me who I am. I'm secure in Christ. My doctrine defines Doctrine tells me how my church is. If my, tells me thing. Tells me my church. Tells me my church. It defines the church. Doctrine t- defines what we do. What is our mission? Seeking to save. Not the potluck. It's not just getting together for a good time. Save. Why did Jesus come? To save those thing we do to be motivated about saving the lost. Everything. Everything that Jesus did that wasn't motivated by saving the lost. The church is to save the lost. Seeking to save. Seeking. 
Oh. Baptize, teach. Teach, baptize, teach. Teach, baptize, teach. Oh, you never have be fun. Uh, you need to find an author and figure it out. That's If seeing a get saved, is it fun? Wow. Doctor, how we do is how things were done in the past. Now, the why of our doctrine never changes. It's always about in saving, seeking and saving, seeking and seeking and saving. The why never changes. The why never changes. The who never change. We are always to be called out. I should never let in. I should always be holy. I should always be separated. I should always be royal priesthood. I should always be a chosen generation. I should. The who should. I've got a made up mind. Not changing. So the ones don't They are forever established. Though none go with me. How we do what we do, the carrier. That can change. You know, they used to walk around in sandals. Well, some people still do with dirty feet, but that used to be what everybody did. Dusty, dirty feet. Only the rich had horses. And some people got cars. And they had horses. I can remember the first America. Some missionary their belongings and put it on the to take with them to the foreign country because they to come back. They, that's, that's how it went. That was to seek and to save. It didn't change. I mean, that was, the times have changed. Now the missionaries get on the plane and then they come back at the end of the year and then they go back over. And that's wonderful. God, for times that change. Oh, just have a scroll that Pottery and got no, we didn't have it and then he got it wrong and you know nobody got to read it. No, we all some of us have twenty of them and don't read. I mean, we all read it, of course, but now we have digital and we have and we used to have just sing until the Lord's song books and then we went to overheads and stood up in front of the church and flipped it up and then he's that up. And now we digitalize, do clickers and we can go backwards and we can go forward. Wonderful. And we used to just have to scream, "Come on, go back!" And now we have electronic microphones. And, and did you change the batteries? Strategies can change. But I'm weary and leery. The change changes, but the message never does. Repent and be baptized any old way you. As long as you get wet. No. We're baptized in the name of Jesus. And you have a promise of him filling you with the Holy Ghost. And you will know that you got it. We'll speak in other And the Spirit gives you utterance. You had joy before you got it, but you'll have greater joy after you got it. But you're going to got it because you'll speak in tongues. And live a holy, created life. You need to come out from a because he's holy. And you're going to see him as to be holy. That's 
the word. That's the doctrine. Without it, will not. Paul warned us. I'm sorry. Yes, it was Paul. Be aware, on our guard. Timothy 4. Preach the word. Be instant, in season. Reprove. You know the thing. I thank God that I was new in Germany. Now I got, I got here in Wisconsin. But I thank God. Matter of, I think it was that he put me on a plane. Nothing wrong with Wisconsin. I'm back. Love it. But he took me, put me on an airplane in Germany where they used the King's version of the Bible. Because the church that I was in here didn't use the Bible. And I thank God that I went to a church version of the Bible. And I was wrong with James. Anything wrong with the other versions? I don't know. Speak a foreign language. King James is the closest that we have in our English language to the others. That's what I was taught. I don't know. If you don't tell me because I don't speak Hebrew. I don't speak Latin. I don't I don't that I speak English. And this I was reading through this morning actually this scripture, and that's why this came to me, because it said cor- correct or caution. It was translations. Since when does rebuke means I take you better get your act right, or I'm gonna behind. You got it? I mean, no, sweetheart. How we do Caution you? A yellow flashing light? Huh? Many little blinky yellow lights in the church world. Now, sweetheart, you just do it however you want to do it because Jesus loves you. I am so glad that Jesus loves me enough to rebuke me. And my apostolic doctrine once in a while rebukes me. But when I say that, all that said to say that I'm so glad that I have a doctrine that when I was reading that, I was like, whoa, what a huge difference in the two words. Because I'll slip it in there. So I'll calm down a little bit if I can. I love the word. I love the word. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Long-suffering and doctrine. They go together. Woo! How are you going to reprove and rebuke them? Long-suffering. For the time will come when sound doctrine. Do you wonder why so many because we're in that time. Why, Brother Richard? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own keep to themselves, having itching ears. just want to hear what they want to hear. It did. It did. Right. A Baskin Robbins, I'm saying it Baskin Robbins Christian. Obviously, it started a long time 20 years ago? No. Long time ago. The world is talking. I can, I can go out and enjoy. I can go out lust after the things. I can enjoy, and I want to be careful how I say it, I can enjoy some Some things are just plain illegal. I can enjoy some things on my but I better not enjoy some other things because some 
dangerous, and horrible. So you better be careful. Some pleasure and some some things, but I can't lust at. Then the other ones that Paul admonished in Second Timothy four thirteen and verse sixteen. I have the whole thing in here, but for time I'll I'll go quicker. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And it says in between there in fourteen and fifteen, don't neglect it in you. Don't neglect it in you. The Holy Ghost, the gifts that have been placed in you. Um, then it says in sixteen, take heed unto thy and unto doctrine. In them. For in doing thou shalt save both thyself and any time a lie. I heard it said that there's always two sides to every story. Well, there's only one truth. Right. Somebody's telling the truth. And somebody's telling the Biblical doctrine. There's only one biblical doctrine. There's only one true doctrine. It can't be both ways. I can't be... I can't be right. You write too. There's only one. Excuse me. Well, no, but I'm saying if if they're wrong, that there are two different ways. I mean, the in this church, if they're two opposing doctrines, they can't both be right. So if this, you have to be baptized. And this church says just. What does the word say? Church says that you have to wear red shoes and purple purple. Ties is that you have to wear and orange ties. What does the word say? Says neither one, brother Richard. But I was trying to pick a safe topic. I know, but thank you for knowing that it says neither. There are some churches that used to have so true doctrine. Then there's also been a rise false doctrine. The apostles warned us we should be for those who aren't preaching according to the word. Ideas of man have crept into the world. And unfortunately, I was just asked, well, it's been two weeks ago now over dinner, why are there all these denominations? Some of them came up because this to correct some of it, but that's why. Because this way, a church doing that. Um, realizing the danger of this, also wrote in, in 6, 3 through 5, if any man teach, no matter who, I don't care if it's your dad or grandpa, was there and dedicated you as a baby, if any man teach otherwise, other than what the apostles taught, and consent not to wholesome in the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is knowing nothing, but doting and strife, and whereof cometh envy and strife and railings and evil and corrupt minds. And the truth, supposing in his godliness, from such draw thy get away from them, away from that person. To think that we can handhold people, think that we can extend the right hand of fellowship with people. We think that everyone is okay with Jesus, that we are okay, that it's okay to fellowship with them, that we can all be together. And I know that the Bible says with us, but not come. We have to be in mind in one accord. 
not leave any leeway for false doctrine. He realized that there would be a danger. So the church now I beseech you them, which cause divisions and contrary to doctrine which you have learned. Again, avoid them. They are or they are not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own and by good words and fair speeches deceive the heart of the simple. So he's not talking here of the person that is a, a member or a new person coming in learning. He's talking about the leaders that are teaching false doctrine. He's talking about church leaders, pastors, organizers that are teaching false doctrine for, and they're gaining from it. He's saying that for their own belly to have true doctrine. How can we know really quick here? We have to study. Study to show thyself approved. 2 Timothy 2.15. 1 Timothy 4.13. Oh, we have to rightly divide the word. You can make the word of God say anything you want it to say. Right. Judas went and hung himself. Another scripture says go. I mean, you can make the word of God say anything you want to rightly divide the word. To make it say the right thing. It has to be, and I've said it already. Here's your upon line, precept upon precept. You have divide it to what God wants you to right thing. Let the Spirit of God guide you. Then you have to, till I come, give attention to doctrine. So how? Rightly divide the word. Let the Spirit lead you. Meditate on God's word. I was downstairs sewing last night. I love sewing. I love my crafting time. It's one of my best times with God. I'm in there sewing away, making a little dress for Kayla Gracie, and I was having a great time, and all of a sudden, because I was meditating on this lesson, and it was like, I didn't run away from the sewing machine in the middle of it and run out and start writing down some more notes, meditating some of the times. So you'll know true and what is the sound of apostolic doctrine. Read your Bible when you're in a fix. Don't just read it when you feel like it. Read. Have a set time every day. And then other times too. Faithfully. Then you'll know what doctrine Continue learned. You have to learn it first, and then continue it. So you have a homework sheet. Page over. Homework sheet. Not do as pastor always does. It gives you the scriptures, meaning he fills in what it because you have to study it. You have to write and be a test. And I don't care if you don't ever come back to this church again. I mean, I do care. I don't want you to always come back to this church every time the doors are open and then be waiting outside the doors if they're not open. What I mean by that is whether you come back to this church or not. Whether you ever decide to come back here or not is the big ever hit. I don't agree with the said this morning. She is off her rocker. It's all the word of God. There will be a test. So study. Tell you what it will be. Jesus is coming back. Face the test when he comes back or when you we will all face and that's when you will have your test. And I pray that we all pass it. Learn it, continue in it, and you will save yourself and others. God bless you. Thank you for your